0: This week on Business Brief, we'll take a look at what it's like to find employment after being incarcerated. Then, we'll hear about the process of putting on a music festival and the challenges that come with it. Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alert's podcast focused on the business news and issues shaping the state. My name is Siggy Reese, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chelsea Peter. Chelsea, how are you doing this
1: week? I'm doing great, and you?
0: I am doing absolutely fabulous. I'm loving the fall weather we have going on outside, even though it is a little bit hot for my taste. It's getting kind of cool.
1: I know. I think summer is slowly dwindling down. It's kind of reintroducing fall.
0: I know. I love it. I'm listening to so much fall music, wearing sweaters and cardigans wherever I can.
1: Sweater weather is coming upon
0: us. I know. I'm so excited. Uh, Are you ready to get in this week's headlines? Yeah, let's do it.
1: United Auto Workers leadership said the union plans to strike next week against any Detroit automaker that hasn't reached a new agreement with the union when its current contracts expire. The union's deals with Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis run through next Wednesday. The UAW represents thousands of workers at two plants in the Kansas City area and one in suburban St. Louis. It wants pay increases, benefit changes, and shorter work weeks. A strike could result in increased vehicle prices and national and regional economic damage.
0: More Americans are returning to the workforce according to the latest national jobs report. The rate of Americans who are employed or actively seeking employment rose to its highest level since before the pandemic last month at nearly 63 percent. The Federal Reserve Bank has been working to slow hiring because a hot market can also fuel inflation. The Fed series of interest rate hikes has aimed to slow labor demand.
1: Customers of the cable's provider, Spectrum, who were watching Disney-owned networks, experienced a blackout starting last Thursday night. The service disruption started in the midst of a variety of sporting events, including the University of Missouri's first football game of the season, which also aired on the SEC network. The blackout comes due to a dispute over carriage fees between Spectrum's parent company and Disney.
0: A federal judge dismissed a racketeering case this week against Missouri gaming company Torch Electronics. U.S. District Judge Brian Wimes ruled the seven plaintiffs in the case did not have sufficient standing under the federal racketeering laws. The case was filed under two other statutes, but Wimes ruled that these would now be under state jurisdiction.
1: Missouri small businesses, farms, and ranches received a combined total of nearly $10 million for small-scale rural energy infrastructure projects. The funding from the U.S. Department of Agriculture will support 96 efficient and renewable energy projects. The funding aims to boost local economies and invest in rural businesses.
0: For our first story, we're taking a look at a community that faces a lot of challenges when it comes to finding employment.
1: And what community is that?
0: That would be those who have been incarcerated. NBA reporter Katie Quinn talked to Missourians who are working to make employment for incarcerated people more accessible. Here's that story produced through a collaboration with KBIA.
2: At the Rise Initiative office off of Business Loop 70 in Columbia sits three men talking and eating Starbursts out of a giant candy bowl. Their conversation is all about the past. Because
1: most crimes are conditional. Nobody goes out just right. with the intent to commit you a crime, just, just the on the strength. Yeah, I'm They're just hungry. doing it because I want to do believe
2: that this Lonnie is lockhart Bay spent 26 years in the Missouri Department of Corrections, getting out in 2021. He says one of his first priorities was getting a job.
1: I'm constantly hearing about a second chance. I'm constantly hearing about, oh, we got you. And the more I put in applications and things like that, the worse it got almost, right?
2: His story isn't uncommon. Nationally, formerly incarcerated people have an unemployment rate of 27 percent, as reported by the Prison Policy Initiative Analysis. For black men like Lockhart Bay, that statistic increases to 35 percent. And in Missouri, it's an even more significant problem. Currently, the unemployment rate for people who are on parole and formerly incarcerated, it increases to about 45%.
1: Because most people that's coming out of prison, they are not going to have the push that I have. They ain't going to kick down no doors. They ain't going to say, hey, I'm here. They're going to stay in the shadows.
2: Employment is nearly always a condition of people's parole, and a violation of that agreement could result in the person having to go back to prison. So getting hired and keeping a job is important.
1: If you can't get employment, you can't pay bills. And so it's a whole nother can of worms that open up.
2: That's Mataka Askari. He was in prison for more than 23 years. He remembers filling out applications and going through the interview process before getting to the, quote, felony question. Once he answered honestly, he was rejected.
1: When I'm trying to do right and I continue to run into things that frustrates me, it's discouraging. Because sooner or later, the money that I'm using to maintain while I'm looking for a job is going to run out. Then, then what?
2: Supreme Allah is also formally incarcerated. All three men are now entrepreneurs in Colombia and say they created a business out of necessity. Even if they could find a job, they found themselves wanting more freedom and autonomy. Alice says the hardest part of starting a business was financial literacy.
1: A lot of it is just not knowing. You know what I'm saying? We don't know a lot of stuff. Like how easy it is to get an LLC and to go get your EIN and all of that stuff. Like, I've helped so many people do that. They'd be amazed at it.
2: A 2016 report from the Missouri Department of Corrections states the recidivism rate or the percentage of people who go back to prison, is almost 44%. And while there are many possible reasons a person might re-offend, all three men agree that employment is among them.
1: It's easy to just get wrapped back up in it, lose hope, you know.
2: There are efforts to remove the barrier of the quote, felony question. Ban the Box is a national campaign that advocates removing the conviction status on job applications, keeping employers from automatically seeing someone's past history. But the law doesn't stop background checks. These ordinances currently exist in St. Louis, Kansas City, and Columbia.
0: Read more of Katie Quinn's reporting at MissouriBusinessAlert.com.
1: So now we turn our attention to the business of music festivals and the challenges of financing them. Missouri Business Alert reporters Tegan King and Sarah Rubenstein have been working on that story. And Tegan joins us now. Tegan, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So we covered this briefly on last week's podcast, but this story started with the cancellation of Columbia's Line Music Festival. Can you remind us a little bit on what happened there?
3: Yeah, so last week, the organizers of the Columbia Music Festival announced they were canceling it for 2023. And that announcement came just a month before the event was scheduled to take place. Treeline originally started in 2007 as the Roots & Blues Festival, then it rebranded this year and shifted the focus of its lineup. This year's event was scheduled to take place over three days and feature acts like salt and Pepper, Muna, and Jody Messina.
1: Okay, so and what did the organizers say the reason was for canceling Treeline?
3: Not much. They posted on social media saying that they faced, quote, significantly higher than expected expenses, and they said refunds would be processed in 30 days. But we reached out to them with multiple requests for interviews, and we haven't heard back.
1: And this is far from the only high-profile music festival to be canceled in recent years, right?
3: Right. So this happens somewhat regularly. In 2018, the St. Louis Music Festival Lou Fest was canceled just days before the event. And a few years before that, organizers pulled the plug on CanRoxus a Kansas City music festival on short notice. And more recently across the country, we've seen the cancellation of Philadelphia's Made in America Festival, which was supposed to take place Labor Day weekend. And Block Party, a Chicago music festival, recently ended its 18 year run for financial reasons.
1: Is there something about the planning process that makes so many festivals fail?
3: I talked to Brian Cohen, the founder of Loufest, and he said that music festivals and other similar events have a hundred moving pieces to consider. Artists are the costliest, followed by production, such as building stages, creating the infrastructure to host the event. And Cohen left Loufest after 2015. And in 2018, Loufest ended up meeting its demise after financial issues caused organizers to cancel the event.
1: So again, with the financial issues, what about music festivals make their finances so difficult?
3: It can take three to five years for a new music festival to see a profit, experts told us, and it can be even harder to make a profit if one year underperforms or if the branding fails to sell the festival to visitors. Organizers also have to consider an incredibly long list of details like ticketing, food and fencing, and how to pay for them all. And the planning process is also time consuming, Cohen told me, and it extends far beyond the time period the event takes place. Cohen now runs another festival. And to give you a sense of the planning timeline, the festival takes place at the end of September. And in November, his team will begin planning next year's event.
1: That's a lengthy production timeline. And since the pandemic, we know many businesses have dealt with supply chain challenges, like rising prices and labor shortages. How has that played out with music festivals?
3: Music festivals have gotten more expensive. Between inflation and supply chain issues, prices have increased for everything from performance fees to porta potties So, do you know what's next for Treeline? Cancellation is usually not a good sign for festivals trying to come back in the following years, but Richard King, the founder of Roots & Blues Festival, hopes his successors at Treeline can recover. And he said a person has to be out of their mind to try and organize a music festival, but for him, all the challenges have been worth it to meet so many different people.
1: Well, Tegan, thanks so much for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: For more on the story, visit MissouriBusinessAlert.com.
0: It is now time for us to get into our words of the week. Chelsea, what do you have for us this
1: week? This week, my word is corn. It's corn. Why is corn in the news right now? Well, Mexico might be limiting genetically modified corn, as Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador has proposed a ban on the crop. And as a result, the U.S. has created a third-party panel to help find a solution to the distress American corn farmers, trade groups, and other officials are starting to feel. Wow, and why is this a big deal? 90% of corn produced in the U.S. is genetically modified, and Mexico is the second highest importer of U.S. corn. So if Mexico's proposed ban is implemented, it could have an economic impact for big corn-producing states like Missouri. That's all I've got this week. What's your word, Siggy?
0: My word this week is unions.
1: Unions have definitely been in the news lately, especially with writers and actors on strike all over. Why are you talking about unions today?
0: Well, according to Gallup polling, American approval of unions hit its highest level in six decades last year. And experts say workers have been presented with a unique window of opportunity in the past few years.
1: Interesting. So why is that?
0: Well, COVID-19, inflation and a tight labor market have given employees more leverage to negotiate for better wages and working conditions. And Missouri has seen unions spring up in workplaces that weren't previously unionized, from coffee shops to libraries and cannabis dispensaries.
1: Got it. So there's definitely been some momentum from organized labor, you think?
0: Yes, but emphasis on some. Over the long term, unionization rates are still on the decline. About one in 10 workers in the U.S. belonged to a union last year, roughly half of the rate 40 years ago.
1: Well, it'll definitely be interesting to see if anything changes regarding trends in union membership.
0: Definitely. For a closing thought, here's Richard King again on what it takes to put on a music festival.
3: you? work with your sponsors, you work with your vendors, you work with your art crew, you work with your um uh your volunteers, you work with the city, you work with um you know all departments of the city. So it, it involves a lot of meetings, it involves a lot of headaches, it involves problem solving, but that's what it's really all about.
0: Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for providing music for this episode. From my co-host Chelsea Peter, editors Yasha Mika Waichuk, Skylar Rossi, and Michael Stacy, I'm Siggy Reese, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week.